Well, welcome back to the program. My name is Alan Carter. Thank you so much for spending some of your time with me. We have two parties in search of leaders today. After last night's election victory for the progressive conservatives, here's Stephen Del Duca announcing he's stepping down. Earlier this evening, I informed our party president of my decision to step down from the leadership of our party, and I have asked him to meet with the executive to set a leadership contest for as soon as is reasonable. Uh, what was the major problem with the Del Duca campaign? I will sum it up in one word. Vests. Vests. He kept wearing vests throughout the campaign. That doesn't seem like premier material. You don't need a, not a vest. Anyway, uh, Andrew Horvath also announcing that she is stepping down. I'm going to keep working to earn your confidence each and every day. I'm going to keep doing that. But tonight, it's time for me to pass the torch, to pass the baton, to hand off the leadership of the NDP. And you know what? It makes me sad, but it makes me happy because our team is so strong right now. I think there's some progressive voters and some NDP supporters out there who watched that speech last night and asked themselves, where was this in the campaign? The kind of passion that Andrea Horvath spoke with last night was largely missing from her during the campaign. Did, did you feel that as well? And voter turnout, just 43% record low, down from 57% in 2018. Uh, my next guest is one of my uh, favorite uh, to follow on social media. I don't always agree with them, but I always find them uh, entertaining and insightful, and occasionally I steal his jokes and just pass them off as mine. Uh, David Musgrove is a political scientist and author of Too Dumb for Democracy. Welcome to the program, David. Hello, and thanks for having me. As a socialist, I just want you to know that we can share jokes. I want to distribute jokes, oh, so you should nice. feel free to just take them. I'm trying to live my politics. So I, I own you know, the just... means. I own the means of production of jokes. <laughs> so th there's that. <laughs> uh, what's you know your what top? The... Yeah, go ahead. Well, no, I was just going to say. You know, you mentioned vests, and I wanted to chase that down before I got away from you. It sort of reminded me of like the Nixon wingtips, you know, on the beach. It was yeah. just so incongruous, you know. It reminded me of, like, do we want a Walmart greeter as premier? Is that what we're looking for? I don't think so. I don't want Stephen Del Duke as a Walmart greeter, for, that's for sure. <laughs> what uh, premier. So the province hands Doug Ford a larger majority than he wins in 2018 when he's running against Kathleen Wynne, who concedes even before the votes are counted. Uh, do you think that's what the province intended? Well, I think that's what 17% of eligible voters more or less intended. I mean, it's extraordinary. Is Look, I would, the first thing I will say is this. Doug Ford won a legitimate majority government within the rules. I don't contest that. Uh, but of note, you know, we're talking 40% of 43%, of something like 17% of eligible voters voted for Doug Ford. And that says something, which is that, you know, look, a small minority of people were fine with the Ford majority. A lot of people seemed not to care whatsoever, and a lot of people wanted something else. And but them's the breaks because those are the rules. Uh, what's extraordinary to me is that the the NDP vote was down eight hundred thousand votes. 
the liberal vote was more or less stable. The PC vote was down uh, as well, but certainly not 800,000. Uh, that's an extraordinary drop. The, the opposition parties just weren't able to mobilize voters to oppose Doug Ford. And so off he went to, to an extraordinary second majority. It's very rare in Ontario to get a second majority in a row. It's even, even rarer still to get a bigger one in the first. I think it's happened twice now in history. Yeah, it, the, that is what really struck me is that it, it's larger. I mean, I think a lot of people saw another Doug Ford majority coming. Um, I know a year ago I predicted that it would be another majority, but it would be smaller and that the liberals would return to the second place. And obviously that's not the way it played out. As we look for new leaders uh, on the left, uh, what do you think the NDP should be thinking about? Should they be thinking about positioning themselves as the centrist alternative to Doug Ford? I think quite the opposite. Uh, I, I think we have a centrist alternative to Doug Ford. It's the liberals. Um, we don't need another liberal party. What we need is an NDP that is unabashedly a workers party uh, that says, look, we are the lunch pail crowds party. We understand your concerns. We understand the challenges you face. We're angry too. We're frustrated too. And we've got your back. Uh, no, they don't need to be the party of downtown Toronto uh, you know, professional managerial class types that need to be a workers party. And this is a debate that's happening on the left right now. Uh, we were saying like, look, where's the left party? Where's the workers party? This sort of like champagne socialist party stuff is only going to get you so far and you're not even doing it that well. The right gets it. Doug Ford gets it. Pierre Polyev gets it. And it's doing it's it's gangbusters for them. Like, why can't we have that on the left? So I, I think they should actually go in the opposite direction. Leave the liberal party liberaling to the liberals. Uh, be a workers' party. Except for the progressive conservatives have been so absolutely successful with Monty McNaughton as labor minister mm -hmm. of courting trades. I mean, it's just extraordinary that Pat Dillon, you know, the boogeyman for Tim Hudak and the progressive conservatives not that long ago, endorsed Doug Ford. That's crazy. Well, yeah, and I think it speaks to, well, for one, like I, I'm deeply critical of Monty McNaughton, but... Uh, it's working, you know, it's a little bit reminiscent of what Jason Kenney was doing as a sort of ambassador to new Canadians years ago in the Harper government. They made a strategy of saying, like, you know, we need these communities to support us. We're going to go get them. Obviously, the Ford PCs have decided the same thing about working class folks and a handful of the unions who support them. And they've executed that strategy well. But at the same time, there's been a vacuum on the left. And I was on a podcast today and, and you know, Andrew Lawton brought up this point that we have to disaggregate public sector and private sector unions as well. Uh, you know, the NDP might do well, as you said, with the public sector unions, not so well with the private sector ones. And I think that's true. So there's a real conversation to be had there. But it goes back to my point. The NDP needs to be a workers' party. Uh, they've abandoned that, and they need to go back to it. Okay, so then what do the liberals need to do? Do they need to stake that center claim? Probably. I mean, the, you know, I don't think they're going to be credible as a workers' party or as a left party. Uh, so that leaves them with what they've often been, which is a sort of insider Bay Street technocrat party. And when people are open to that, which they often are, that goes well for the liberals. Uh, it worked for Dalton McGinty for quite some time. But when they're not, when you have a sort of moment like this, which is a sort of populist moment, moment of anxiety, of frustration, uh, that's just not their wheelhouse. And, I, you know, maybe they thought they could pivot to it, but Stephen Del Duca certainly wasn't the person for that. Uh, I, to be honest with you, I don't know who they go to next. Uh, they probably should have gone with Michael Coteau, but, uh, you know, Monday morning quarterbacking, I guess. 
Yeah, I, yeah absolutely. That's, that's a great point. I mean, however, anybody that served in the Win cabinet is going to have that taint. And I think there's still that yeah. there's still that after effect from 15 years of liberal government. David, great talking with you. I appreciate your time today. I will continue to steal your jokes. Please do. Always my pleasure. Thanks for having me. <laughs> David Musgrove is political science scientist, pardon me, and author of Too Dumb for Democracy.